Hey guys, welcome to Minefields. This is a very special and very important podcast. I'm honored to have one of my best friends on the planet, uh, Mr. Veritas Suicide. How you doing, brother? No, I'm doing well, man. How you doing, Josh? Dude, it's a good day, man. It's a good day. It's like it's it's uh it's funny that you say that because you're like one of the few people that are allowed to call me Josh. Oh, um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You and I was unaware of that fun fact, uh, but I'll take it. You and Miss Veritas are, uh, are are very important to me. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, you are the drummer for the Suicide uh, Puppets. Yes, sir. That is correct. And uh, how long have you been there? Uh, their their drummer. Like you've been there in two two spots, right? Like yeah, ten years ago. I, uh, and then, you know? I started with them originally in two thousand and seven, um, and then I was with them. Up until about 2013 when I moved to Colorado. Um, and then, of course, my wife and I got married out there in Colorado. And that's when I happened to meet you through one of Amy's friends, who you were also friends with. Yeah. And we went out, had dinner, and we met up. And that's when we first met. And, and I remember it distinctly, I think, the moment when we actually realized we became friends. I think we were in the kitchen, and you said something about Cold Chamber. And I said, yeah. I like Devil Driver better, and you gave me these big, like, bug eyes and gave me a big old high five. <laughs> I think that's the moment when you and I actually became friends. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was great. I mean, like, uh, like it, you, you meet people in Denver all the time, and you exchange numbers, and then you never hear from people. But, like, literally the next day, you texted me, and, like, sup? And I was like, dude, let's hang out. And you're like, you said that. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, it was actually uh, our one, our, our five or six-year anniversary of being friends, like, last week. Uh, I think I tagged you in that. Yes, yes, you did. Yep, yep, and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, before um, before we get started, I definitely wanted to mention that. Um, well, actually, when we before we started recording, I was mentioning how happy I was to have a good friend whose band doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate that very much. Yeah. I know, uh, you know, everybody hopes that they don't suck, and we like to think that we don't suck. But coming from you, dude. Like, knowing your background and, and what that I know of you, like, dude, the, the fact that you say that my band doesn't suck, really, really, it, it's it's very humbling to me coming from you, man, because, it, like, you know your shit. Well, I, I appreciate that, man, and it's, it's it, but, you know, you, you help your buddies out, they they have their shows, and you go see them, and you get drunk, or, and, uh, you know, you, you help them out in the local scene, but then every once in a while, someone special comes along, and their music matters, uh, I'm definitely referring to a porn star. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, we get that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, so I definitely wanted to make sure everyone knows that this isn't like a a puff piece that I'm doing you all solid because uh, you're actually doing me a solid being on my show um, because you guys are a lot more well-known than me, but you guys just uh, won an award. Yes, we did. We, uh, it was the first ever CPMAs, Central Pennsylvania Music Awards, uh, First one they've ever done. Uh, it was a packed house, dude. There was it was sold out. Uh, it was a room full of eight hundred people, and we took home the award for best metal band. That's awesome. Who are you up against? Uh, we were up against Gallo Glass, Gunmetal Gray. Uh, oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. Gallo Glass, Gunmetal Gray. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Well, well, I don't even remember. Well, whoever they are, I'm sure they're nice gentlemen. Uh, sorry you lost, but the better man won. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, Defiant, I'm sorry. Defiant was also on there, and there was a symphonic metal band that I, God, I, just, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of their band, and I feel like an idiot because I can't remember it. 
Uh, wait, hold on. My wife actually just handed me the program. <laughs> hey, Amy. Love you. So, best metal band was Anatomy of the Sacred, Defiant, Galaglass, Gunmetal Gray, and us, Suicide Puppets. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, what was it like uh, just showing up on the red carpet in, like, full, like, death metal gear? It was pretty awesome uh, because nobody else looked like us, obviously. Uh, so we stood out like a sore thumb, which was kind of cool because uh, a local newspaper in the area was obviously covering the event. And they took photos of everything. And lo and behold, the next day on the cover of that news story for the awards ceremony was us. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. It was, it was, I remember I saw that photo of you and Amy, and I was like, man, that, that was like my like a high school like still dream to be like full goth and have still have that hot chick next on your shoulder that's not that dumbass goth chick <laughs> oh totally but i was messing with my wife you know before the award ceremony she's like i don't know i don't know what i need to wear i'm like you need to wear something awesome i said because you're gonna be my arm candy she just kind of stared at me for a minute like gave you that wife look like yeah okay <laughs> but it's funny though because it's true when you look at that photo of us it's like we're all dressed up in our stage gear all gothed out and whatnot and then there's my smoking hot wife standing next to me yeah well dude yeah you deserve it how uh how did the people react to you there like did they, obviously they like they realized it was you know full-on kayfabe but were they cool with you like hey who are you guys in a local uh rock and roll band or <laughs> yeah, well pretty much uh, like when we got there you know there was a, a handful of people that knew who we were uh obviously the our, our our boys in the band defiant who was also going up for best metal band uh they knew we were there so of course you know they they were talking to us but a lot of the individuals that were there like i said it was a packed house like 800 people most of them had no idea who the heck we were so of course a lot of people were staring at us like what are these jackholes doing here at this event ceremony you know what i mean and of course yeah. we love the attention good or bad either way um, but it was pretty cool, man. Cause especially when they announced the winner for best metal band, uh, as soon as we got out of our seats to walk up to accept it, a lot of people were like, Oh, okay. I get it now. Oh. <laughs> These guys aren't here to kill everybody. Gotcha. Well, we still could have, but that didn't go that way. Yeah. I was having lunch with a friend today and, uh, her and I have uh, equal levels of crazy. And I was like, do you realize that all these people here have no idea? The level of crazy that is like just within four feet of them, like we yeah, could, totally, <laughs> we could snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, tell me about your band, man. Tell me about the band members. Uh, so there are six of us. You have Twisty, who does lead vocals. Uh, Johnny Suicide, who runs bass. Uh, Donnie Von Gallinger, he has uh, rhythm guitar. You have Steven Suicide, who is rhythm and lead guitar. And then you have Tattooicide, who is also rhythm and lead guitar. And then me, Veritas Suicide, on drums. Um, yeah, like I said, we're a six-piece. So we put out a pretty big wall of sound when you come see us play. Oh, that, and how did you guys all meet? Like in high school? or? No, uh, ironically, I don't know if it's ironic, but... Uh, Twisty and Johnny had actually put an ad out on one of the local radio stations' websites out here, you know, obviously years ago. Um, and it was uh, it was a site where you could say, hey, looking for musicians. And I had saw their ad, and I was like, well, that's an interesting band name. I was like, Suicide Puppets is kind of weird. But I liked it because I like weird. So then yeah. they sent me a couple of their songs, and it was weird enough that I was like, dude, I can get down with this, right? So I showed up for the uh, audition. And literally right after the audition, they're like, so do you want to be in the band? I was like, yes. Just, just right <laughs> so that's, off the bat. And, and yeah, and we were like a three-piece for a while. It was just Twisty, Johnny, and myself for a good while. What year was and it? And then 
Oh god, that was like 2007 to about 2008, nine, I think. So we were three piece for a couple of years, uh, and then <clears throat> we found Stephen Suicide, and he came along and he threw his his uh, guitar. I don't even know the word I'm looking for. His his guitar expertise, if you will, mm-hmm. into the mix. And then maybe six months later, we got our keyboard player, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Not that he's dead; he's just not he's just not with <laughs> us anymore. Uh, he went by the name of Lame Suicide, and uh, the, the, he he actually originally started out playing drums and I think bass out in Pittsburgh. Um, <clears throat> and he replied to our ad, and he came in the band, and uh, he really he really helped out. Um, with the keys and samples and whatnot, because he really didn't come into his own until probably we actually started hashing out everything for Semi and Angel. Um, so yeah, so it was it was uh, it was that uh, yeah, it was us for a while, and then I left to go to Colorado, and in my stead they had found another drummer. Well, well detail. Well, well, hold well on. I'm sorry. But before before we get to your trek to Colorado, let's talk about the band itself. Like, what were you guys doing? Like, uh, what were your shoot jobs? Were you, like, were these guys like uh, working at like a restaurant and doing, uh, you know, band stuff at night? What were you guys doing to to maintain the band? Uh, well, as far as work went, oh, God, now you're trying to make my brain work. Uh, I think at the time, Twisty was working in a warehouse. I think Johnny. Honestly, I don't remember what the heck he was doing at the time. <laughs> and I was uh, I was driving truck. Um, I mean, really, that's what we were doing, just trying to keep our heads above water uh, before this music thing took off. What was the practice situation like? Like once every Monday? Like in- uh, it was it's it, it it's the same as it has been ever since two thousand and seven. We practice once a week on Sundays for about four or five hours. And uh, how many songs did you guys start out with? Originally. I think we started out with six songs. Uh, it has obviously throughout the years has progressed to way more than that. Um, I think we're up around 20 now. What was the first show like? The first show. Oh man. So I was like literally thrown into this. I got with the band and literally like less than a week later, they're like, Hey, by the way, we're doing this private party event for the Pennsylvania musician magazine, which, um, I mean, can I? I'm going to give a little shout out to them real quick here. Uh, we were just on the cover of the PA Musician magazine for the month of January, uh, which, by the way, dude, I got I have a signed copy of that for you that I have to mail to you. Oh no, I, I, I have to have it because you've got to also got a uh, Sergeant Slaughter autograph for me too. Oh, that's true. I forgot we haven't mailed that out to you yet. All right, I'll mail them both out to you at the same time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for my first show it was like literally a week after I got with the band, and uh, like I was thrown to the wolves. And it was just it was just us. It was just a three piece. I mean, we got through it as best I could, you know, because I didn't know really know all the songs that well. Uh, I made up made it up most of the way through, but it, it worked out fine. I've, I've had to do that before in bands. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, yeah, what, totally. What was it? Where was the first show? Like some like cool like little little dive bar or? No, it was uh, like I said. It was for the Pennsylvania Musician Magazine. It was like a private party event. Uh, for them, it was out in the middle of uh, Liverpool, Pennsylvania, I think it was. Some some like field. It may have been out the house of the people that run the magazine for all I can remember. But you're talking, I mean, this was back in 2007, dude. I can't even remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> Look, uh, completely understandable, man. I mean, uh, you've taken a lot of hits to the head. Yeah, yeah. That I have. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, all right, so so you're starting out. You get thrown to the wolves. Uh, when did you guys start doing the makeup gimmick? Oh man, I, it wasn't necessarily right away. Johnny, Johnny's always Johnny's the artistic one. And when as far as like makeup and and outfits go, like that dude is like spot on with everything that he does. So Johnny, Johnny's always done the makeup. Uh, I, it really didn't become a full band thing till probably a couple years later. It's probably like around 2010, 2011 is when it actually became like, you know, okay, we're going to do makeup. This is what we're going to do. And so everybody just kind of did their own thing. And it, it, you know, it evolved throughout the time that we've been doing it in the years and whatnot. So I got it. So yeah, sorry about that, man. But uh, yeah, so everyone was doing their own thing. And then did you guys like, I don't know, do you guys have a, like a makeup artist friend? You guys were, someone was dating someone or something like that? No, no, we just, uh, figured out how to do it on her own and my wife still thinks it's weird that she has to go out and buy me makeup but she does because i still have no idea what i need to buy but she helps me out with that <laughs> what, is, what is she buying you man like uh i would suggest some mac makeup um well uh actually our bass player johnny turned me on to this makeup stuff called mayron uh it's it's really really good stuff because uh, the other stuff i was using like the garbage that you could buy at party city and i say it's garbage because like it came, it went on like cake, and to try to get it off was a disaster. And I broke out like no other when I would use that makeup. But this Mayron stuff, man, that stuff is awesome, dude. I remember it's, that stuff, man. Like you're talking like that. Uh, it was, it, I think it was like maybe 2004 when sorority bitches started loving uh, black nail polish, and all of a sudden we didn't have to use "I love my nails" anymore. Get some red yeah. on. <laughs> you, you remember that? <laughs> Like that's somewhat, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Awful, man. And then finally, we were able to get some good Revlon stuff. And uh, all right, so uh, we, we're we're talking about constructing the band. So we're we're forming. You, you you've got the the four of you. Uh, you've got a dude that's gonna eventually leave the band. You started the makeup gimmick. Uh, what was the reasoning behind that? Was it just something to do for fun? Did you just wanted to have a better look. Um, I know. Well, it was, the, the, as far as the makeup goes, no, we just wanted to be different from everybody else that was around us. Like, we know there's other bands out there that have done makeup before. We know we're not the first ones to come up with that idea. But we wanted to be different from everybody else in the area. So that way we stood out. Right. Now, uh, And that was basically the gist behind it. And then it, it just kind of morphed into what it is today. Because a lot of our songs are about serial killers and murdering people. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of took on its own um, identity, I guess, with the makeup and stuff as the songs do. So it, they kind of, like, went together at this point. It's an interesting and really ballsy type of uh, subject matter to do. You guys get you guys get a lot of pushback, uh, or was it? I mean, we're talking 2007, so uh, everyone was already pretty much used to Slipknot and Marilyn Manson. But you guys definitely had a different uh, note to to go off of. And did did you have any blowback from your your subject matter or your look? Uh, not really. Mainly because nobody can understand what Twisty's saying when he does his vocals, which is perfectly fine. Um, which is why we don't actually publish any of our lyrics. Oh. Uh, you can't find them anywhere. We actually do have uh, one lyric video out uh, for Your Love, My Hate. And we did get a couple of reactions from that, like, oh, my God. Like, I have no idea what that song was about. And quite honestly, I had no idea what that song was about either until that <laughs> video came out last year. So, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's... it's uh, the, the thing we mostly get a lot of pushback from is the band name. And uh, we don't promote suicide. That's not what we're about. 
Um, it, it, ironically and weirdly enough, uh, the band name came from a like Google band name search. Like one uh, of those things where it just kind of like randomly generated a band name. Like uh, uh, the street you live on and what happened to your cousin last week, and uh, yeah, something to yeah. that effect. And it literally just put suicide puppets up, and and those guys took it, but. It, it actually, uh, since since the band has taken the name uh, back in 2007, um, it actually means a lot more to us than just, you know, face value. Like I said, we're not promoting suicide or anything like that. It's, you know, we lost friends along the way uh, to suicide. Right. And it's just kind of like one of those things, like we're all just puppets in this big giant world. You know what I mean? So it's, that's kind of how, you know, the, the, the name is what it is now and, and that's like I said, that's the main pushback we get is, is the band name. But if you actually would actually talk to us and ask us about it, we can explain to you what the band name means. And it, and it's been published in many articles, but still, they say suicide puppets. I'm like, ah, why are you promoting suicide? I'm like, eh, go away. <laughs> Do you guys uh, have like a, a fake response to piss people off? Sometimes, um, but that's usually done by Twisty. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Twisty, uh, Twisty's a lot more blunt than the rest of us. Uh, we can be a little bit more PC, if you will, and 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 kind of eke around some things. But Twisty's like straight to the point, and he doesn't care if he hurts your feelings one way or another. <laughs> now, when it when it comes down to it, uh, you guys started you started the band. You're getting a good following. What was your first big tour? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so you're hitting the road. Uh, when did you guys? What was it like on the road uh, with these guys? I mean, like, did you guys have a van, a truck? What were you guys doing? Well, it was it was one of those things where it was uh, we weren't super far from home. Um, so I mean, we did go up and down the East Coast, but it wasn't anything uh, ridiculous. <clears throat> like we would go out and then come back, and then go out and then come back, and then go out and then come back. If that makes any sense. When did the first record come out? Uh, the first LP came out, I want to say 2010. Uh, the name of that album is called Absolute Sinner. You can't find it anywhere. We did it ourselves. We recorded, mixed, and mastered it ourselves. Come to find out, we're not very good engineers. <laughs> it's one of those things you just found. Hey, man, it's one of those things where, where you're doing what you got to do, and that's what I, I think really matters when it comes down to it. Uh, there's been a lot of things where I you know that's you start grassroots and it makes it matter even more especially when you know what you you get a gist of what you're doing and then you get a producer and it, it it does it feel like you're having more greater control over your artistic direction well when we were doing it ourselves well yeah absolutely because then you don't have somebody saying well you should do this instead of this we wanted to do everything ourselves but the studio that we work with now um he doesn't do any of the production. Well, I mean, other than mixing and mastering it, he doesn't do any of the production stuff on it. So that's all us, which is great. And, uh, all right. So we're working on the evolution here. So touring, you got the first record out, you worked on it yourself. When did the breaks hit when you left or did they keep on? Well, when I left suicide puppets, I think things kind of slowed down a little bit, uh, for the band. I don't necessarily think it was because I left. It's just, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I wasn't around. So I, I'm not sure what was happening 
um, within the band itself. I do know locally that they were getting bigger, 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 and bigger, and bigger when I left. Mm-hmm. And uh, so did they have trouble replacing you right away, or is this one of those things where they had someone lined up? I mean, because from no, I- they they uh, they actually shared a practice spot with another band. Uh, I can't remember the name of the band at this point, but uh, the drummer for that band was basically like, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it." So he filled in, and um, when I moved back, I guess there was some situation going on. Twisty was like, "Dude, would you like to come back?" I said, "Yeah, absolutely." So it was it was literally. Then they actually he was talking about this before I was moving back to to Pennsylvania. He was all like, "Man." He's like, is there any way you could fly out here? I was like, ah, I don't know. We'll see. And then it just happened to work out because I moved back to PA. Well, let's let's talk about your evolution. So we've gotten to the point where you're leaving the band. What uh, what had you leave Pennsylvania? Just better, brighter in Colorado, or were you and Amy already like talking? Or oh yeah, well, Amy and I had known each other since high school, and uh, after I'd gone through my divorce, um, she and I were talking. I uh, mean, you know, on Facebook and. I was like, heck, you know what? I want to just come out and visit. And uh, I came out and visited. And that's when I knew that, you know, she was the one I was supposed to be with for the rest of my life. And literally like a month, not even a month later, she flew out to meet my kids. And then I flew back to Colorado. And that's when, you know, everything happened. <laughs> yeah, because like if, I, I, one of the things I like most about you guys is I really like your story. There wasn't, there wasn't any bullshit. And I love the fact that you got back with your band, which is a hard thing to do because typically when you leave a band, there's bad blood. And you've got that gravitas to come back. And even though you were like, you were, you were chilling with some decent bands here, uh, Thy Shade, I really liked them. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they, were, uh, they were a cool band, man. I enjoyed playing with them. Um, symphonic metal. It was different for me because I'm just used to the, I'm more, you know, I'm more of an industrial drummer. But uh, to go to the from industrial to symphonic, it was. I had to learn a couple things about myself, which was fine. It was actually good because it made me a better musician. And then, of course, the rock band I was with out there, Last Rhino, also. But yeah, it was. It was one of those things that when I when I left the band, they really didn't want me to leave. But it's something I had to do. Yeah. Because uh, it was just you know with my, the way my life was going, I was going a downward spiral, and it was just not good. Uh, after my divorce, and I thank God for Amy, dude, because seriously, I probably would be dead if it wasn't for her. Uh, you've told me that multiple times, and I completely get it, and uh, it, it makes sense to me because she's a good woman, man. That's one of the things that I really love about watching uh, like rock documentaries or even about actors or artists is when the right person came along that became their best friend, lover, uh get married and next thing you know you don't have that that knife dangling over your head that uh you can die at any moment or or, or cause it because it it's definitely uh in the air before you find that person and i'm glad you found her man yeah me too man yeah I, it just took me a while to to get it right that's yeah. all <laughs> yeah trust me man uh luckily I've, I've never been married but um let's talk about you okay so you're returning to pennsylvania and they want you to rejoin. How, did, how was that conversation? It was really quick and to the point. Uh, Twisty, you know, once he found out I was moving back to Pennsylvania, he's like, dude, yeah, I could really use you to come back. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I said, but I'm not going to step on anybody's toes. So you guys work it out between yourselves and then let me know when it's a good time for me to step in. So they went ahead and they, you know, they parted ways with the guy who ironically had replaced me. 
uh, and then they just brought me back on. And then, you know, most of the songs that they were playing, I wrote. So it took all of like two seconds to get back into the swing of things. Uh, how quickly did you guys start writing new material? Right away. As soon as I came in, we started writing new stuff. Was it like a breath of fresh air? Like the, you were back and like the, the crew's on and, and what was missing is now complete and now to really charge ahead? Pretty much. Uh, Johnny, the bass player, was, was super happy that I came back. Donnie was happy I came back. Junk, uh, Jones, Steve Stewicide was happy I came back. Tattooicide, I, ironically enough, I've been trying to get him in the band for years before I moved to Colorado. And of course, I moved to Colorado, then he joins the band. So when I came back, it was the first time he and I had ever played together. And he's told me multiple times, like, dude, I'm so happy to be in a band with you. You're really, really easy to work with. And that's, that's kind of like my... I guess that, that's kind of like my M.O. Like, I'm really easy to work with. Like, I'm not going to get offended if you tell me something I'm playing sucks. Because mm-hmm. if it sucks, I don't want to play it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, and before the rest of you suicide puppets that are listening get butthurt, I'm not, obviously Dan's not the most important person in the band. But what I'm trying to get at is the fact that when you have a, a well, well-oiled machine and then one part is missing, it... it, it you know, it clogs the it clogs the pipes. Now that he's back, all of, all of you guys are equally important. Uh, I just happen to know Dan really well. <laughs> so 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 guys, you were invited, but I guess you were a little busy with your old ladies and whatever you guys uh, suicide puppets do on the side uh, in the darkness. Uh, I assume it's uh, really cool and nefarious. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not being facetious. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, we'll get you on the podcast soon enough because I, I want to make sure I cover you guys enough because uh, you've got – you just released uh, a, a, a new record like what, eight, nine months ago? Yeah, we released an EP back in December of 2018 called Defecation of Sound. And you're going to let me use one of those tracks, right, from my TV show, right? I told you you could <laughs> for wrestling. It's 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 got to be brutal, man. Um, all right, so t- tell me about writing the new record. Like uh, you you got all the rust off. Uh, so as far as new record, you mean the new stuff we're doing now or the L- the EP back in 2018? EP. Okay. We're talking. You're in the studio. How do you guys work? I mean, did, did uh, Twisted have like a bunch of ideas first, or do you guys just really kind of hash it out while you're in the studio? Or... It's, a, it's a little, it's a little mixture of both. Uh, so before we we hit the studio, we think, okay, what songs do we want to record, right? Because when you're in the studio, time is money, right? So we pick songs that we want to record, and then we practice them and practice them and practice them. But it doesn't really matter because once you get into the studio, you start playing things, and you're like, ah, I want to change that anyway. Uh, so like I said, it's a little bit of a mixture of both. Uh, everybody equally writes. Uh, in this band, it usually starts out with an idea from somebody. It's usually a guitar player, right? Right. Hey, man, I got this riff. All right, so they write, they play the riff, right? And then we just build and build and build on it. So everybody writes their own piece. And then we, you know, like, we think it's a great tune and whatnot. We've got all the parts worked out. Then, okay, well, we'll put that on the album. So then when we go in the studio, we'll record all of it. But sometimes while we're in the studio and you're doing the playback, you're like, ooh, this sounds better if we do this. Who's your producer? Uh, well, it would be everybody in the band, really. Um, the studio that we use, uh, I'm going to give him a shout out here, Full Tilt Studios in downtown Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, he, the only thing he does for us is he mixes and masters. 
Everything else is on us. You don't got like a, a Rick Ross or a Rick Rubin or anything like that in the in, in the. No, background. we have a Suicide Puppets. <laughs> no, that's that's what's up. That I was listening to a podcast, uh, and I wanted to talk to you about this in depth. Actually, um, I was listening to uh, Y2J Chris Jericho, my heroes podcast. He was interviewing the guitarist from System of a Down. He was talking about uh, working with a uh, is it is it Rick Rubin? What's what's the the dude with the beard? The one that did Nine Nine Problems. Uh, every everything cool in Roadrunner. Um, God, uh, why am I spacing on his name? Come on, big big beard, fat guy, glasses. Dude, I, I <laughs> and, my uh, brain's not working either, but I'm connected on the Wi-Fi. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's he's the one that did the uh, less than zero soundtrack. And when we're talking about this, I gotta I gotta pull it up because I don't want to sound like an idiot. Um, uh, guitarist from System of Down was talking about working with him and. Just what it's like to have a a producer, and that's one of the things that's always really intrigued me because I've never written an album. I, you know, I used to be a DJ. You know, we're not really producers. It's Rick Rubin. That's the name I was looking for. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Rick Rubin. That's right. And uh, what's it like working with him? And he's like, well, he kind of sits back and he nods his head, and then he just says, "Do that again, but move it over here." And he's like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, well, so you know that song BYOB? Um, yeah. He's the one that suggested that the – why do they always send the poor scream be right at the beginning? And like he's like, just move that over here. And they're like, fuck, why didn't we think of that? Like, uh, <laughs> the, And then – so there's that sort of point of view and I've heard – Bands like almost break up because of a producer because you know they take too much liberties. Um, do you like having free reign, or would you be willing to have uh, a producer ever want to come in and try to help you tweak it? Uh, I'm good with both. Uh, that's just me personally. I kind of like having free reign right now uh, because we all collectively listen to it, all six of us, right? So if right. there's something that we can adjust, change, tweak, move, like, oh, that part's awesome, but how, instead of playing it there, Let's just cut and paste it over here, and let's play it back. You know what I mean? So it's kind. We do. We basically do the same thing. The only difference is that we're not huge industry executives, if you will. You know what I mean? We, you know, we so we like I said, we essentially do the same thing. But if a producer came along, it's like, hey, I want to produce an album. We'll go, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> that 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 sort of thing worries me as as someone that's putting out my own product is because I used to bat heads with my, butt heads with my editors constantly like there's been times where i flat out told my editor to eat a dick and i left the place because i was just done with it because i don't like i don't like being told what to do but at the same time there were instances where i put something out i was super proud of and then they edited the living shit out of it and then i was like oh okay that's better <laughs> so well it's yeah it's it's a catch-22 you know what I mean? Because, you know, they're in the industry, so they know what sells. That's essentially what it boils down to. Um, we'll and, you know, we know what we like. And, you know, so if if we do get a producer that wants to produce an album with us, great. But they have to – I mean, I guess really what I should have said was that they have to work with us and not against us. Right. Like, listen, we'll take your ideas and we'll think about it. But ultimately, you know, it's us. We're suicide folks. Well, they obviously have to impress you. What sort of uh, rite of passage would uh, this sort of person have to go through in order to gain your trust? I mean, obviously, you hear the stories of uh, them making uh, Metallica and Newstead snort that line of wasabi. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you, hear, you hear fun stories like that. But 
what is your ethos? I mean, like, what's what sort of things would a producer have to be in line with in order to get along with you guys enough for you to trust him to help you produce a record? I mean, I don't know. It's any hard, little that's a hard question to answer. Any little point. thing that you can think of, whether they, they drink the right beer, they like the right bands, they. I, mean, I guess. Um, uh, for me, uh, I guess you kind of you said it already. They would have to like the right kind of bands in order for this to work, right? Because we're we're an industrial metal band to a point. Um, we do use samples and whatnot, but we also have a lot of black metal influences. Also, it's it's definitely but, apparent in the last EP, and I really loved that was the back and forth from that because that's where I come from. That's where my heart is. If if you want to know where my heart is, it's like. If the 1994 that they epitomize in the Crow at those rock bands, that's me. That that's, oh, yeah. that's where like real leather boots, uh, real fishnets, not shit from Hot Topic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's a true culture. Um, I really find your band to have a culture around it, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about and actually surprise you with. Um, what are the the type of people that are going to your shows, and how do they react? In in uh, enact with you. Believe it or not, we attract all walks of life to our shows. We don't really have a specific type of fan, if you will, because a lot of the places we'll go play, man, and individuals will look at us like, "Who the hell are these freaks?" And that's pretty much the response we get anywhere we go that we've never been. Um, but it's usually a pretty well diverse crowd, um, from goth kids all the way up to backwood rednecks. Right. And uh, we start playing our songs and you can see the evolution of the fan happen while we're playing. Um, Because you just see the look of like just sheer awe on their face, like, oh, my God, why am I still here? And then by the middle of the set, they're bobbing their heads, they're throwing up horns. And then we get to which is typically our closer porn star. And then the whole the whole bar just loses it. Yeah, I love that song. It's not my favorite one, but I do love that song. Um, what's your What are your pits like? Are, are they full on moshing like back in the day, or are they doing that gay ass uh, like dancing shit? Sadly, it's been the gay ass dancing shit. But when we played with Stabbing Westward, was that back in September of last year? Uh, there was one guy that was trying to get a pit going. I actually talked to him after the show, and I. I thanked him for trying to get a pit going, but of course everybody was just looking at him like he was retarded or or, or violent. I remember the first time I saw that it was I want to say two thousand and I want to say two thousand four. I was at a every time I die in Zayo show at the Green Door in Oklahoma City, and uh, I mean they rocked. I mean it's Zayo, dude. I mean they like it's funny about Zayo is that you don't know they're a Christian band because they rock so hard and. Sure. <laughs> And then every time I die with the original, the original guitar uh, singer, um, we, me and my, me and my, me and my buddies, I was there with two Venezuelan exchange students, and these guys grew up on Sepultura, and I grew up on, oh, hell yeah, yeah, I grew up on uh, the same thing too. So we're ready to start getting down, and then all of a sudden there's this circle of these guys dancing and like punching the air and not. I'm like, why is that? I'm like, first off, I got pissed because I saw someone punching the air like they're actually trying to start a fight. I'm like, wait a minute, is he just like? Mime fighting? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> I mean, we we were all. I mean, it was we were kids. We were drunk and high, so we we're like, "What the fuck is happening?" And then so we start trying to sure. mosh, and then we start getting treated like we're aggro. Like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I get it, dude. I get it. Yeah, it's that's just how it is anymore. I think, and I think the problem is, is a lot of these clubs and uh, 
even some of the bigger venues that we play at now, I don't really think they allow anybody to mosh anymore. That's 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 weird to me, man. Because uh, you and me both, like, cause, dude, when the last time I saw, I want to say Lamb of God was out in New Jersey. It was actually a few years before I moved to Colorado, dude. I saw them out in Jersey, and the pit for that show was insane. Right, and then now, like, and now it's like you know we play these bigger shows with these bigger bands, and everybody just stands there and looks at you. Yeah. Um, is that does that really put like kind of throw you off your game? Sometimes, um, I mean, quite honestly, from where I sit, I don't see much past the first row of people. Um, but because you know we like to feed off the crowd, obviously, right? You know what I mean, and. Uh, like, don't get me wrong, they'll be sitting there moving around, dancing and whatnot, but, like, there's no moshing. And, and when, whenever, like, it gets to a certain point in the song, like, it doesn't matter what band you're listening to, you know when there's going to be a huge buildup for everybody to just slam into each other. Right. Right, and, and, and I, you know, and, of course, as you're playing, well, like, as we're playing our songs, I can feel it coming, feel it coming, and everybody's just still standing there dancing around doing whatever, and then it, it just, the bottom drops out when you expect everybody to just run into each other and nobody does it. It's a little disheartening, but I mean, at this point, I've just gotten used to it. Yeah, that that's, that still wears me out because the, one of the reasons why I, I've always gravitated towards metal, especially when I got in my first mosh pit, um, was it was like Fight Club. Like I, at the end, like you, you remember, there's there's always a there's always a dude that goes a little too rough, and then everyone's got to oh, settle yeah. his ass down. There's there's the little girl that knows every word to every song that it, everyone is just super impressed with. There's the like the the four dudes that are there from beginning to end. <laughs> there's oh, the, yeah. there's the big dude everyone has to go at first and he knows it but it's cool. And uh yeah. <laughs> And then uh you know you, you get down and afterwards one of my favorite parts about it and most people don't understand that sort of culture and I'm sad to hear that it's dwindling away was all these guys that are like literally beating the shit out of each other, and not even the, we're not we're not punching, we're not kicking, but it's just thrashing and and it's controlled. And at the end, everyone that's been there the whole time, like man, I've I've hugged and cried on dudes I didn't even know, but we spent two three hours beating the dog shit out of each other. And, oh, totally. yeah, absolutely, dude. And and another thing people don't realize is in a mosh pit, if somebody goes down. You pick them Everybody up. Everybody stops and picks you up. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, we're going to trample on this dude now because we're moshing. No. That's like, the you rule. get picked up. You fall, you get picked up. Eight dudes will try to pick you up out of a out of a frenzy. And they'll get your ass up and they'll either throw you back into the crowd or throw you back into the pit. And, the, and I'm, damn, that bums me out that it, that's either not there or you got to get better dudes to play shows with. God damn. <laughs> 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 that that could be it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, it is. It's. I think that's just the way things are going. Like a lot, like a lot of the places we'll play, we'll have signs up that say no moshing. Really? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I don't know. I saw a Treyu a couple of weeks ago with Whitechapel, and nice. There was no mosh pit. That's but, insane to me. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, it was a little weird to me. Um, just because I was in an Atreyu show and I, I've always kind of dug Atreyu show. One of my homegirls, uh, took me to the, she had like VIP tickets. She was all excited and, and, uh, it was nice to go over there cause she's one of my best friends. But, uh, it was like, I'm looking around, it was a little different, but I'd been drinking. So it was like, it was like <laughs> something, something's off, but I don't know quite what, but dude, Whitechapel rocked. I couldn't believe those oh, guys yeah. were so good. 
like to to pull that off. I mean, like I always get really nervous with certain bands because after hearing Chris Cornell sing live, uh, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> he just can't do it. But dude, dude in Whitechapel. I mean, some of those guys can really do it, man. Um, oh yeah. What are some of the uh, the the I want to say the bigger challenges you guys have now that you've reformed and now that you're obviously way more serious and in it, what's going on? Uh, our biggest challenge in hurdle right now is the waiting game. We are, we are signed to distilled entertainment out of California. Our manager is Ryan Reyes and he throws tour offers our way constantly. Now, since we are the lesser known band, Right, right. The the major band gets to pick and choose who they want to go on tour with them. Um, we have a couple of things floating out there. Uh, I can't say who with or what not at this point. Uh, understandable. Um, understandable. Yeah. So it's it's really just it's just the waiting game at this point. Like, cause, and I'll I'll tell you this one because uh, I already told you this one already, but I'll, the, everybody can hear it because I already talked about it on my band's podcast. We were actually supposed to go play with Five Finger Death Punch in Russia in January. Goddamn. Um, but I guess something somebody dropped the ball somewhere, and we weren't notified in time if we were going to do it or not because we needed to get visas. Russia is one of those country weeds, countries where you have to have a visa to get in. Not only do you need a passport, but you also need a visa. Right. Well, visas take like 30 days to get, and here we are running into January. We're like, uh, this show's in two weeks. Oh, damn. So, yeah, so we kind of missed out on that, uh, but – from what we understand, the door is not closed on that situation, but now we have something else in the works. And I, I, I think at this point we probably don't have it, but we actually put in a bid to go play with Fozzie. Yeah. I've been, uh, dreaming about that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That still holds true. If for some reason we still get that, you will still be my drum tech. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I will literally. And documentor. I, I yeah I've got some big I had dude I was I didn't sleep that night I, like it was just and, and it wasn't just obviously Y2J Chris Jericho my hero I say it every time um it was the fact that I was gonna get to tour with you guys and I what I really want to do is do a, a rock documentary and put things together by the time we're done we've got a documentary and three music videos filmed Oh heck yeah, man! Which yeah. which uh, just gathers into my ethos. What I'd want to because I would want to approach you guys not just as a guy that's like, hey, thanks for having me, but like I'd want to be like a, a not really honorary member of the band, but someone that's part of the crew that has something fucking crazy, and I'd want to bring that gorilla filmmaking and recording to the fold, especially because that's not there anymore. Well, yeah, don't worry, dude. I mean, there'll be more, there'll be plenty of opportunities and, uh, anything catches your eye that we get offered and we get, uh, like I said, dude, you're more than welcome to tag along. Now, when it comes to your band, um, obviously you got to put yourself over. Like if, uh, if you wanted to describe yourself or your, or your band in general, what sort of bands would you lump yourself in with to, uh, to give them a good idea? <laughs> we get asked this a lot. Um, really, Oh man! If you were to take Static X, Marilyn Manson, Rammstein, mm. a smidge of Wednesday Thirteen, and throwing a buttload of uh, serial killers in a blender and blend it all up, and piss it out, you would get us. What serial killers? 
Ed Gein, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, oh my goodness! No, you said the fun. You said the fun ones. John and Black. You already said my favorite one already. What's that? You already said my favorite <laughs> one. Dahmer, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, because you know, literally, most of our songs are literally about serial killers. How do you explain that? Because one of the things that I remember back in the day uh, when uh, you remember uh, Nine Inch Nails made the Broken movie, right? Oh yeah. And I was listening to an interview with Trent Reznor, and they're like, why didn't you ever put that out? Because remember, in order to get that, you had to have a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend lend you a VHS tape to make a bootleg copy, which was a a bootleg copy off of like 80 other copies. And he just said, I just couldn't explain that to to anyone. I didn't want to after it came out. It was not that it was bad. I mean, it was pretty bad. But it was awesome. (laughs) And Well, it's it's one of those things where like every band has their niche – Right, and and that's ours. Right, all ours, our stuff's all about, you know, serial killers, murder, and death, and it's, it's just all, it's all part of the show, man. I had an idea for a song for you guys. I'll tell you off the once we're done with the recording. But uh, how do we find you on like Facebook or anything like that? Uh, just facebook.com backslash suicide puppets band. You can find us on instagram.com slash suicide puppets. Uh, I believe we have a Twitter account, but Lord, I have no idea what the heck that is. <laughs> what, what but you... your best bet, your best bet is just go to suicidepuppets.com and that's your gateway to every single social media outlet you can think of. What do you guys have coming up? You got like a mini tour, got any dates to, to promote? Uh, we actually do have, uh, we have a show this Saturday at Johnny Joe's in downtown Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. And then February 22nd, we're going to be at Reverb in Reading, PA, uh, we are direct support for the 69 Eyes and Wednesday 13. Nice. That's going to be a killer show. And then in April, we're actually doing a a quote-unquote mini tour. It's two dates with uh, John Bechtel, who does all the keys and synths for the band Ministry. He has a band called False Icons, and we're going to do uh, a date out in Pittsburgh and then a date um, here in my hometown of Mechanicsburg with them. Well, dude, it's been a it's been an amazing time talking to you. Do you have anything else you want to put over before uh, we we wrap up the interview? Uh, not really, man. I just I really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to come on here and get uh, an interview with you. This is my first interview with you, so I was a little nervous because I know you, but I love you. I love you too. At man. the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, follow Suicide Puppets. They're they kick ass. Um, we're gonna play one of their songs. Hopefully, if they let me. I'll take it down yes. right away <laughs> if they tell me no. But uh, No, yeah, dude, play whatever song you want to play. Go ahead and play it, man. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, uh, thank you for tuning in. We've got uh, Veritas Suicide, and it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, same here, buddy. I hope to see you soon. See you soon, man. Don't hang up. This is I dangerous. Won't.